on this episode of the Oklahoma Breakdown with Hacker and Layman, presented by Riverwind Casino. Dusty Dvorak joins us, and we we do a bit of a state of the program for OU football now that spring practice is done. That's it. Please download it and subscribe to the podcast. Rate it five stars and write us a good review. Follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Just search Oklahoma Breakdown on any of those, and you'll find us. All right. Our man Michael Hosty will kick this thing off. It's time for the Oklahoma Breakdown. beautiful Wednesday, April 26th, and you're listening to the Oklahoma Breakdown with Hiker and Lehman, presented by Riverwind Casino. Riverwind is Oklahoma City's premier casino experience, and there are so many reasons why Riverwind is consistently voted OKC's number one casino, but it all starts with their amazing variety of gaming thrills and excitement. Riverwind's beautiful award-winning environment plays host to more than 2,800 of the latest electronic games with a huge selection of table games, including Blackjack, Blackjack Match Roulette, and Teddy's favorite, Craps. No matter what your game, Riverwind has it in spades and hearts. And to learn more about their gaming promotions and entertainment options in the month of April, all you got to do is visit Riverwind.com. Riverwind Casino, simply the best now, we are recording this few days in advance because I just had my second son, right? Well, I didn't have my wife did. I didn't, people <laughs> phrase that weird, Dusty. Dusty Dvorak is here, everybody. Hey, and anyone that's been with us since the beginning of the pod knows that Dusty used to be on this podcast. What's up, dude? I, what's up, boys? I did, and I was thinking, you guys have, like, the coolest swag. Now, I was feeling pretty good about my program guy t-shirt. I was able to find. Felt good Looks about good. that. I need some. I need some Oklahoma breakdown swag. Like, yeah. I know that X? there's the. I know there's the Teddy discount rate, which is great. But you know, there's an old saying: if it's free, it's for me. Uh. What are the chances that a guy like me and a great podcast like you could <laughs> maybe make a little something work? What do you think? I think uh, Ted, you're 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 the merchandise czar. Done. Done deal. 2X. Is that is you 2X guy now? I mean, you you get whatever you want. You could throw me an XL. You could throw me a 2X. Mixed bag. Beggars, beggars cannot be choosers. When you're uh, feeling yeah. good, feeling slim, you got to throw that XL on. Fits the it, arms good. When it's, a, when it's a long weekend, bad week, eating properly, the 2X is a great choice. When you're feeling good, feeling trim, when you've eaten right, you know, Friday night, you might throw on that XL. Uh, just depends on exactly where things are. I know this much. I got a chance to see both of you fellas multiple times this weekend. And I think that was probably one of my favorite, maybe my favorite weekend of, of spring ever. I guess you hit 40 and you start to reflect and you start to realize, damn, maybe I'm over halfway to the end. And I think it puts some stuff in perspective, I, you know, and 
even last year with Coach Venables coming back, it's like the fan base, the former players, everybody's galvanized. And, you know, this year uh, didn't actually have to work the spring game like you guys, but the event at Riverwind, one of your great sponsors, that was awesome on Thursday night. Friday, uh, Ted and I played in a, a golf alumni tournament, which tied for fifth. Ted felt pretty good about what we put out right. there, 11 under. Noah Allen is a cheater. I refuse to believe that he didn't doctor <laughs> the scorecard. But just getting out there with Jay White, Lance Donnelly, seeing so many of the old guys that we played with or that played with Gabe or before us and Kyler's thing on Friday night, it was an incredible weekend, man. And I really think – I heard you guys in the when I was in the stadium and I was coming down to get out there on the field with, the, with all the players, which I was so sad I didn't get to do it last year. I was like, I can't miss it. And I was up in one of the suites and Coach V got the mic and I was like, oh, no. So I like took off and barely made it down there. But like, man, that's, that's really what, what this place is, what makes it so special. Uh, so many guys that it means so much to, and they come back. And I just, um, from a former player aspect, it was my, my favorite weekend that we've had yet. And I look forward to many more coming. So that was really cool. No doubt, man. I, I, I think the, the new staff is doing a really, really good job of getting the getting the former players back in the fold but wanted to have you on here because you're you're one of the best analysts that covers college football and you've also you got to go out to a lot of spring practice right and, and see this team so not just what we saw out on the field in the spring game which when it's first offense on second defense and you know first defense on a very patchwork especially that O-line, second offense. I, I don't know how much we learned, but let's start on the defensive side, Dusty. I want to I want to get your thoughts. Let's start with the defensive line. Like, ha, where, where do you feel the program is at along the defensive front right now? Well, you know, they looked great yesterday. Can we <laughs> bottle that up or on Saturday, uh, whatever day? You know, I, I just – I think that Jonah Lulu moving inside is a good thing. Saw that on – one of the early short yard, I think he made another play in the backfield. Smaller, quicker, move him inside. He's got good length. I think his frame can hold a few more pounds. He's going to help. Um, Isaiah Coboy, he had a bull yesterday. He looked strong, even in just in camp. He just looked strong. Uh, I thought, you know, Jordan Kelly moved around well. I, the, okay. Um, I think they need to continue to work to get better inside. Uh, but I do think those three guys have the ability to to be on the field, be a good part of a rotation amongst others. But um, I think that they're solid with room for improvement. I think at the edge position, you know, you guys have talked about it a lot. Uh, but Rondell Bothroyd, he's going to probably start. Uh, he's at least going to push for starting time. You know, he's just a savvy vet. I did their game. I did Wake Forest, Florida State last year. He's, uh, he's heavy-handed. He sheds blocks, which, for being completely honest, this front struggled with last year, and they still struggle at times camp when I've been there, just really being able to punch, separate, shed, get off blocks, be able to be active to make plays. So he's going to help you do that. Uh, he also gives you a pretty good little pass rush. I thought R. Mason Thomas, just his body, he looked like a completely different young man than he did a year ago. Uh, he's not perfect. He's still got a lot of learning to do. 
but I bet he's 20 to 25 pounds heavier than he was when he played last year. I just like what I see. He's got really good movements. He's got twitch in that first step. So I think those two guys, I look, I'm a big Ethan Downs fan. Reggie Grimes, a big body. I'd love to see those guys continue to get better. But the key for me is guys got to do a better job getting off blocks and making plays. And I still think that that is a, is a work in progress up front. And I, and I hope that through the summer they attack this. And I, I hope that with this portal, if there's an opportunity to get, um, you know, somebody along the front, whether that's inside or on the edge, I don't think that they're going to be afraid to try to go after and do that. So, uh, I mean, I, if I'm being completely honest, Gabe, I think it's a group that needs to, needs to continue to improve and, and get better. And they go out there yesterday and they play as good as I've seen them all year, right, or uh, this camp. I think I was at four practices, a scrimmage, and then uh, the spring game. I thought it was the best they looked collectively, you know. So um, I was optimistic by the last thing I saw, but I want to see them keep getting better because you guys know, I mean, there's no secret championship teams have great defensive fronts and guys that can disrupt, can uh, change games and you know, the only way you can do that is to get off blocks. And I think that my number one, my number one thing heading into the summer and into the fall, if we can be better as a defensive line at using our hands and, and separating and getting off blocks as well as our linebackers, I think we'll be in a much better place. I actually thought guys used their hands pretty well yesterday. So they just need to continue to move in that direction. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, and I, I think it takes time. I wanted to get your thoughts on this. We don't have to spend a whole lot of time. We could we could do a whole podcast on the defensive line. But um, what do you think of like the development process? Like some of because like, everyone teaches defensive line technique a little bit different. I feel like across the front and really as a whole a whole defense, we we're still playing way too high. Yes. Um, I know a lot of people get all everyone wants a you know, a big three hundred and fifty pound defensive lineman, but I I constantly tell everyone it's about pad leverage and technique. I mean, I don't know that you ever played at three hundred pounds at Oklahoma and you're the one of the best to ever do it. So I, how do you think the like the technique that they're teaching and everything, is it there? Are you seeing guys improve? Yeah, I mean, look, I, I think Coach Bates is really good. I think technically, uh, I spend I spent more time really watching him individually. I think he teaches really good stuff as well as pass rush. Um, that's evident on the tape from where he came from at Clemson to now. Uh, I think pad leverage is always something you have to work on. And if you are undersized, if you don't get your pads down, it's going to be a real problem. Uh, I know it's something they work on, but it's something that everybody has to continue to get better at. But I, I really do. I You know... I would like – I feel like sometimes on the edge, and I'm not saying this is uh, a direct reflection in any way of Coach Chavis, I feel like on the edge, like, sometimes you can almost do too much, right? Like, let's get really good at one move, okay? And then let's have a counter, all right? 
if I can get really good at two things, you can be a pretty good pass rusher. But when you try to do a little bit of everything, you know, and you don't master anything, it can be struggle. So I think just for those guys off the edge in particular, true pass rush situations, not a stunt, not a blitz, one-on-one, you're on an edge, whether you're just a chop rip speed guy, you're going to beat them blow and go, and then you've got a nice spin or you've got a hump move that you're going to counter to come back inside, whatever it may be. I, I feel like sometimes guys are almost trying to do too much. And again, maybe that's just them. So, you know, like, and it's great. Like we'll talk to, I'll talk to D lineman, who you studying, what pros. Sometimes you can study way too much. And it's like, Oh, I want to do, I want to do what Von Miller does. And Oh, Oh, did you see what Aaron Donald did? Yeah. They're like the best to ever do it. And I'm not saying Oklahoma guys are doing this. I'm just saying in general, I think that if you can ever get to a place where you can master one, one really good pass rush move and you've got a really good counter to make it tough to come back off that, that's where you hit. And then after that, pull a potpourri and have some fun. But I haven't seen enough of that from the edge guys. I want to see more of guys mastering one thing really good, being able to counter, and I think it's going to give those guys off the edge a better chance to have success consistently getting to the queue. I think I think that's a tremendous point, right? And right now, when you think about the defensive front, may it, may, if it pops into your head, Dusty, but like I can't think of a guy that I am like, yeah, he's got that go-to move, right? Right, and that's. That's not normally that. That's not how you really want it to be. You want a guy to be like, "Hey, I know exactly what I'm getting," and it's because he's done it and he's been effective with it. And I just maybe Isaiah Coe got decent at the snatch last year, maybe, but I mean, it's not like the production was there. So I think that's a tremendous point by you. We need some guys to develop some signature moves. Yeah, and just one though. Again, right? I feel like. You can get, you can get, you can overdo it. Dwight Freeney. I'm going to go way back. Si- I was going to say that a minute ago. That's I'm going to go way back. Speed a guy that was represented by the same agent as Teddy and I way back when. He's one of the best speed rushers in the history of pro football. So if you youngsters are out there, you don't know who Dwight Freeney is, go get a YouTube highlight reel and go watch him. Dwight Freeney would give you a fastball every time. He was going to get wide. He was going to get up the field. His first step was as explosive and as quick as anybody's, and he was going to make that tackle kick. Half the time, he was just going to beat you with speed. But he would get those tackles because they'd be so scared of his speed rush. They'd kick out so far wide. He'd have some of the his patented spin move. I mean, it was, it was so easy. He had on beat, though, as soon as he set the pick before he even spun. Because those guys are just kicking and they're trying to get out there. And as soon as he put that pick down to to spin, they're already beat. And so he was so good at that one move. And you know it's coming. But then if you just have one counter, you know, Gabe, the best defense alignment you played against, I bet they had one move and you're like, damn, I'm going to have to deal with that all day. And then you finally do everything you can to deal with that. And they counter you. And you're like, that's a change up. What do I do now? So, I would say that to any young pass rusher. And the fact that, the, and I watch this team in pass rush, and they try a lot of different stuff. Like sometimes, man, just become an expert at one thing, be able to do that really good. And if you can have a counter off of it, 
you can find a lot of productivity and have a lot of success. Dan Cody, Dan Cody didn't have a lot of moves. Dan Cody was a speed rush guy. He, he'd get wide, he'd get up the field, and he developed as he went on a pretty good little inside counter. He really had one good move, and he made a lot of plays, and he's one of the best defensive ends that ever played. Tommy Harris? Tommy Harris had about 10 moves, okay? But Tommy Harris might have been the best pure pass rusher inside that I've ever seen to this day. Um, everybody isn't built that way, but you can still have a lot of success without having this abundantly massive tool chest that you have to constantly go dig from. Yeah. That's a lot on D line. Sorry. I'm yeah. sure. Uh, yeah. Look, let's that's good boring stuff, though, your, man. Boring yeah, your no, I, th- I, I think it was a tremendous point. We'll get you back to the interview, but first. Love's Travel Stops is now offering a nationwide 10 cent per gallon discount on gas and auto diesel. Just download the Love's Connect app and scan your barcode at the prompt on screen and watch the price drop 10 cents per gallon. Across the country, the Love's Connect app unlocks exclusive deals and can help any traveler plan their route or meal on the highway. So before you hit the road, be sure to download the Love's Connect app to save 10 cents per gallon and experience the country's best highway hospitality at Love's travel stops loves also have you covered if you forget your phone charger or headphones with their expanded mobile to go zone and of course don't forget to grab yourself some of that delicious java opolis clothing is the exclusive home for all of our oklahoma breakdown merchandise and is the best place to get your ou and okc thunder gear as well if you want to live your life and better yourself comfort go to opolisclothing.com that's O-P-O-L-I-S clothing.com. Use promo code TED, T-E-D, for 10% off your entire order. That's opolisclothing.com. Use promo code TED for 10% off. Buttery soft and 10% off. And hey, you hungry out there? Well, then head to the garage for hand-smashed patties, butter-toasted buns, and ice-cold beer. Their food is fantastic, and it is the perfect spot to watch any big game. Visit eatatthegarage.com to find a location near you and order online from the garage in your neighborhood. All right, back to the interview. Dusty, I really do. Now, with what you've seen from the defense as a whole, right? You know, I clearly last year wasn't good enough. Right. We right. we all we all can acknowledge that. Yes. But with what you've seen from the defense, what you saw from throughout the spring, what what do you think is the what do you think is the strength? Of the defense with what it's you've the, seen. The secondary, it should be. I I just really like where Woody Washington is. Um, he looks a little different in that, uh, what do you go to, five? Five, yeah. It looks a little different that five. It took me a while just to practice. Like, but I, I just Bowman like went to game. two. He was five before, and yeah. Woody Washington went to five, so it screws everything up for it, me. It really <laughs> did have my head just like spinning. Uh, but I, I think um, – I think Billy Bowman's a, is a great football player. We saw well, that play Bowen made yesterday was it was nice. I mean, just the ball skills and just how he's running stride for stride with Andrell Anthony's got take top off. And to watch him make that play and just be in perfect position and you see the athleticism and playmaking, like that kid's gonna play. Uh, I really like where Justin Harrington's at in that cheetah spot. So, I, I, you know, there, there's some other corners that are going to step up. The Josiah Wagner kid, he popped to me every time I saw him, like 23. Uh, the, the kid from Washington, I think he's got a chance to, to uh, be productive and be a, a player. But I like this secondary, man. They're experienced. They've had a lot of snaps collectively. 
And I think now when you add in a Peyton Bowen, uh, when, when you got some other guys coming back, I think you're going to have a chance to be good. What, what I'm, I'm not concerned about linebacker. I think they still need to, I, I mean, again, I didn't see it in the spring game and, and Ted is there watching them more than me. So Ted can give the best uh, linebacker breakdown, but I still think like, I think, and I think Jaron's still learning a little bit. I think can, it can still come on and it'll click. I've been really impressed with Kobe McKenzie. Like if I was going to say a linebacker that I wasn't expecting much from that, I, I walked away most practices or most times I saw him going, dang, Levin's got a heavy hat and he's instinctive and he's downhill. Right. So I like what I've seen from him. I think that he's going to be a part of that rotation. Uh, you know, Danny Stutzman. I mean, he, you know what you're going to get from him. Uh, the Desan McCullough, I'm fascinated to see what they do. And I don't know what Ted thinks. We haven't really talked a lot about this. But, you know, he, he continues to flash. He's not quite as – I don't think you want to get him too far away from the ball. Like, before he got here, I thought, you know, maybe he could play that. You know, I don't know if he is the cheetah. I don't know. I'm not saying he's not. I'm not so sure he is in a second-level backer. Ted, they had a play that bounced yesterday far side away from you. And I don't know exactly like it was played well and the ball just kept spilling. And I saw Desan play off a block, kept scraping, and he's in perfect position for like a no gain or a one yarder. Like that looked to me like he looks really comfortable kind of in that second level backer spot. I just thought the way he was moving laterally, getting off blocks, uh, I like him there. When you see him further away from the ball, I, I just, I don't know. I'm not saying he can't do that. He just feels more comfortable with me the closer to the ball he gets. So I think that's something that the kid can play, right? He's got some natural instincts. He's was around the ball a lot the last two practices I went to and then the other day. So where he lands, I think is going to be fascinating because I do think he's a key piece, right? Like you need him. He's a different body type. He's long. He can get to an edge. You can use him in the blitz game. I think he's a pretty good natural tackler. Like he needs to be an impact player. And exactly how Coach Roof and Coach Venables decide to deploy him and where they decide to use him, I think could be pretty instrumental on how big of a jump this defense takes next year. And I'm not putting it all on his shoulders, but you're getting an additional body type and new kind of player that you haven't necessarily had this past season. And I'm intrigued. I'm, I'm optimistic big time. I just don't know, Ted, exactly where he fits on this defense. Well, no, I think that's, I think that's a, a legitimate thought. I, the, I think the cheetah is like the perfect world. You know, if you could have a, a guy with his, his length out there, um, you know, and I think he's, we got to remember he's still young, yep. right? He's still got a ton of eligibility left. Harrington's in his final year and, uh, like he's, he's in a good spot, Ted. And, yeah. and that's my other point. I think coach Venables wants to get as many dudes on the field at once as possible. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you want 37 off the field. I don't know what you guys think, but 37 to me, when I'm out there, I'm like, no, he finally, I... like, I think understands his role. He's confident in his play. Those safeties have a chance to be really good this year. And again, I, I just, I don't know if you'd want to, take 37 off to put one there you know like i feel like if you could have 37 stay and find a place to get one on the field that sounds like a um the more quality players on the field the better
he's I, I think I, I I still believe he's more of a stand up edge guy. Yeah. You know? I like um, him close to the ball. Yeah. And it may be inside backer. Kobe McKenzie, Canick are battling it out at Mike. Um, you know, Stutzman, the only backup we have for Stutzman right now, Witter's been banged up. He didn't do much this spring. It's Kip Lewis. I we have one inside backer that's played any amount of football at all. And that's Stutzman. Nobody else has played anything at all. So that's the thing that worries you. So yeah, I don't know now that we're getting close, like over the summer, I'm, I'm sure Deshaun will st- or still work at that that cheetah spot, and it will continue to work there. But, yeah, it wouldn't shock me if they moved him to an inside spot to start to see how he looks or even move him up to an edge if they can put some weight on him. Dusty, do you, do you remember when Jim Knowles was still at Oklahoma State and some of the stuff he would do with Trace Ford? Yep. Where he'd float I, him in the middle of that defense? I mean, they did it with – <laughs> did it with Dan Cody back in 2004. Remember the spinner package yeah, that yeah. they put in and they move them around. No, it's, it's a great point. Um, they've, we've seen it there. I mean, other people have, have utilized, I mean, coach V used to do stuff like that at Clemson when he's got different people. So yes, that's kind of, that's my thought, which I don't know. Coach V hasn't told me this. I'm not giving state secrets. I just look at it. And I think, especially in, in sub package spots, I think you could be creative with him, and he he does. I, I'm I'm so with you. Like so, I keep saying around the ball. He just he closes also on the football well. Like yeah. once he goes, he can get to the ball quickly. And um, I think anytime you can have somebody that can set an edge that can be disruptive, man, I think you got to find a way to get him on the field. I'd be surprised if we don't see that. Uh, last thing on him is like for me where he was in the first practice I attended to the spring game. He may have made some of the biggest jumps and in just knowing what he's doing and looking, looking the part out there of of anyone out there. So uh, it's it's exciting that there's some guys like that. And uh, maybe before we move off of defense at a bar, a, Oh, thank you. What a 34. Can, can we call him can we call him pj P- pj, PJ. Yeah. yeah i was told pj is good i i like this kid a lot um his um he is so you know his brother is like the guy who put up maybe the freakiest combine in the history yeah. for the kid from northwestern went from uh, what, 284 ran first round pick <laughs> yeah he went 280 he ran 44 right how's that even possible i was told I don't, I don't want to start – I don't want to get people like, oh, But, like, I, I want to say they told me he, he was front squatting, like, I don't – I thought somebody told me, like, five wheels, like 500 pounds, because he doesn't have very big legs, but he's crazy strong. Uh, but in his, in his frame, like, he ain't even scratched the surface. I mean, this kid is – he is a good-looking player, man. And everything I've been told, he's an awesome young man works his tail off. He got a lot better from the first practice I saw him till the last practice I saw him. And obviously everybody had a chance to see him yesterday. He's improved a ton, which you'd expect. I mean, he's should be in high school. So uh, I think I, I, I hope, I really hope 34 can be somebody who's on the field and is, you know, whether he's buying reps um, 
as just in depth. He's a guy you can bring in on, on third down packages. He's still raw and he's got a long way to go, but the upside and even in just some competitive situations I saw him in, he will fight tooth and nail. So I think he's got a lot of the things that you look for. I'm really glad you mentioned him because uh, I, I would say of the, I don't think this is even controversial, but of the, of the young crop of freshmen, talented players that just came in, he's got the highest ceiling of any of the, the, the front players that I've seen in, in this recruiting cycle. I, I, I'm, I have no problem throwing, you know, throwing this out there. In fact, I did it. I think I did it on our last podcast. I think his ceiling is number one pick of the draft. I mean, it, yeah, sure. Uh, sure. I mean, I, I mean, like, I really, I, I really do. Like, I think that if they develop him properly, because I really, I've, at the spring game, that was the first time, like, I had really spent time standing next to him, chatted oh. with him a little bit. And until you're standing next to him, it's like, I was like, damn, this dude. And you're right. He's barely scratching the surface of what he's going to be physically. Like, if they develop him properly, Ted and I said it, he should be a top 10 pick. And I know that's, I know those expectations are high, but like when you see the physical gifts he's got, Dusty, it's, I don't know. Have we ever had a guy like since Coach Stoops got here? Have we ever had a guy that had those physical characteristics on the edge? I don't know. That's that's a good question. Um, I'll 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 give you an answer next time we're here. I just as long as his mind's in the right place and he keeps working, he he keeps trying to get better. I think they expect he can hold it. Like I know Schmidt wants him around two fifty next season. I think he showed up at like two twenty five. I think they said he put on like they told me like ten to thirteen here this you know through winter. I think the plan is hopefully forty five fifty. I mean, they're six four two fifty. Being able to move the way that he can, I'm telling you, like they said in the weight room, he's like he's freaky. I mean, again, look at his brother. I mean, they got. I think there's. I saw a video of very his, his younger brother, who's like a sophomore. Yes. Uh, squatting five hundred pounds, like horrible form. He's wearing like New Balance tennis shoes and just all the way to the ground and stood up with it like it was nothing. <laughs> It's a, it's, it's a great thing when you find it. So I look, I don't want to, I don't even want to put that on PJ. Like, you know, I don't want to come on here and say, Oh, and you can say that I'm not saying you're wrong, but I'm just hopeful that he can live up to the talent that he has. I'm hopeful that he can really work and he can get better. And yeah, he'll have a chance to be a, a different game changing type of player that, needs to be more commonplace at Oklahoma. And I, everything that I've seen, he has the traits, the mindset, I think the work ethic to achieve that. But we've also seen guys that we thought, uh, and it just didn't. Mm-hmm. So, but yes, Gabe, you are right. He, he is a special, he is a special uh, and very talented young man. And um, I am excited to see this summer, he could really take another jump, you know, like it, it, he'll be, I mean, this winter he was exposed to, you know, training like he never has just went through his first spring, get to exhale a little bit, summer shows up and get back into it and grind. So uh, for him, 
if his mind's right, which I would imagine Schmitty and Scotty and those boys will get him right, uh, he'll have a chance to to really take a step. And I think more guys like that, the better. Again. Agreed. No way talking <laughs> yeah. negative about anybody or anything before, but the more quality elite uh, you know, type of athletes and playmakers you can get on the field, I think the better everybody feels about that. Yeah. I, you know, just thinking about it, um, I, when I look and think of the early arrivals, when you talk about, and we'll get to him, Caden Green, uh, PJ, Peyton Bowen, Jackson Arnold, um, the running back Hicks and well, Smothers, and I like Hicks. Wagner, like, like Hicks. for like five or six early arrival guys, they're going to play. They're playing their asses off right now. And they're going to play. Yeah. You know? That's wild. That's That recruiting class is looking better and better. Yeah. They're going to come in. They're going to compete. And, and they're going to be expected to play. Um, and then a couple of guys from the portal, same thing. Andrew Anthony's going to play. And Nassau McCullough is going to play. I mean, there's going to be a lot of new bodies out there, you know, making an impact for the Oklahoma Sooners this next season. Which, when you finish six and seven, that's it's not necessarily a, a bad thing. But there's going to be some young guys and new faces, yes, that are going to be called upon immediately. And the way that I've seen them play toward the end of spring, that's I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but it's it's coming. It's actually what you want, if you ask me. Um, you know, again, I hate to always go back and romance the stone, but I mean, you played as a true freshman on a national championship team. I came in the next year. I played my entire true freshman year. Tommy Harris played his entire true freshman year. Uh, we had several guys that were young and had to step in and play. And you guys have just won a national championship. Um, so it is possible. It's not something you always want to have to be able to do. But it is possible if the right guys are there. And it seems like there's a handful of these guys that are going to be ready to step up when, the, when called upon. We'll get you back to the interview. But first... Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School represents a tradition of educational excellence in Oklahoma City. Grounded in a faith-based education, students prepare to meet their potential with an individualized academic path that strives for success. Bishop McGinnis offers a college prep curriculum that includes 22 AP courses, participation in OSSAA athletics where they've won over 100 state championships, and numerous clubs and organizations for students to join and grow. If you want to provide the best possible educational and spiritual development for your children, contact Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School or visit bmchs.org. Financial aid is available. And attention, business owners, you need Insurica in your life. Insurica is one of the country's largest insurance brokers with 30 offices throughout Oklahoma, Texas, and the Southwest. Insurica is able to customize programs by accessing the latest information from many insurance carriers. They compare and contrast coverage offerings and pricing in order to design a cost-effective, comprehensive program to meet your business's specific needs. Insurica's clients become best-in-class businesses by working with Insurica's team of advisors to manage risk. Purchasing insurance is only one way to protect your business. Best-in-class businesses win by avoiding a loss in the first place. If your business partners with Insurica, you'll save huge amounts of money and take back control of your total cost of risk. I'm an Insurica client, and you should be too. If your business wants to be best in class, 
Connect with Insurica at insurica.com. That's I-N-S-U-R-I-C-A.com. All right, back to the interview. Now, let's look at the offense, Dusty. And anytime we start the conversation about the offense, it always starts with, with the quarterback position. A lot of people very excited about Jackson Arnold, and rightfully so. Uh, I think that kid's going to be damn good. But what what have you seen? What have you seen from Dylan Gabriel? Like, do you, how much do you think he's improved from what we saw a season ago? And then, yeah, kind of, what do you think of Arnold? Looks damn good to me. Uh, I I love what I've seen from from Jackson Arnold. I'm, I'm excited for him. I was uh, I was really excited that he got to go in that last drive. I. I thought the way that whole thing played out could not have been better. Okay. Um, To be in that spot, lead a final drive, give him a chance. Uh, That was a great pass that he had on the touchdown to Gavin Freeman. That was not a surprise. Speaking of guys that had just been, you know, lighting it up this spring, Gavin Freeman, he's turning into a dude. I, I like where Dylan's at. Dylan seems very confident. Dylan seems more comfortable now than he was last year. You'd expect it. So, I mean, everything I've seen from Dylan Gabriel, I mean, I think it all, it all looks good. It's what you'd expect and what you want. Uh, Jackson Arnold, the ball comes out a little different. You know, the kid can really spin it. He's got a very live arm. Got a chance to see yesterday. But I thought some of the, <laughs> the sacks, when it is a sack, when it's not a sack, there's some real gray area there. But the kid's got really good mobility. And Hank, he processes very well. And, and I've just seen him make enough really good throws that if, if something happens to Dylan Gabriel, they won't be running wildcat next year. I'll tell you that. Um, he's, he's as advertised, you know, and I was, I was just really glad he was able to be put in that spot to make those plays at the end of the game. So, um, I don't think, I don't think that Dylan is in jeopardy of losing his job, but you know how seasons go. Um, if something were to happen and, you know, they're struggling offensively or losing games, things weren't going according to plan. So I'm not here to say that anyone expects or thinks that's going to be the case, but it's what it is. There's going to be no problem going to, to Jackson Arnold, even being a true freshman. I mean, he's, he's that kind of player, and I think there's already the comfort level that he can step in and run this offense – at a high level. Um, so I think that just having actual depth that can, you can uh, run your offense efficiently at a high level. If something happens to your starter is a massive improvement from where this team was a year ago. And I think that's the biggest point. Like Jackson Arnold's really good. Dylan Gabriel is going to have a chance to be a really good player, run this offense. They got two options. Now I had one option last year, at quarterback. That's it. And if you look around college football, a lot of quarterbacks get hurt. A lot of backup quarterbacks have to come in to finish a game, to fill in the next game, whatever it may be. So just to have that depth in the room now, I think is huge. And, um, you know, I would just say that if you're Dylan, you always want to try to stay healthy because the last thing you ever want to do in life is get Wally pipped. And uh, if an opportunity presents itself, uh, I would I would be intrigued to see what Jackson Arnold would do with it. But I think going into the year, Coach Lebby, this offense just feels so much better because they got not one but two quarterbacks they feel really good about heading into the season with. It's funny you mentioned that. Can like quarterbacks that got injured last year, Kansas, 
Kansas State, Oklahoma State, uh, TCU, Texas, I Oklahoma, had, Oklahoma, pretty much everyone uh, had their quarterback out at least some of them for a long time, some just for a little bit. Um, what about wide receiver? You know, I think I think everyone would agree last year was not good enough for what we expect at wide receiver at Oklahoma. Uh, there were some moments. Uh, some things look good at times, but overall kind of fell short. And I don't know how everyone feels coming out of the spring game, but I, I think it's still one of the positions on the, on the entire team that really needs to to prove itself. They could use another receiver. I think they had a kid in, um, like a portal kid in over the weekend, a couple of linemen, Texas. Yeah. And, uh, uh yeah, a receiver from Ted with a Thompson, I think is something, um, yeah. They can continue to add to their depth at, at receiver for sure. I do like what I've seen from Andrell Anthony. I didn't see it in the spring game. That was the first time I've watched him this spring that he didn't make an explosive play down the field. He's got real speed. Uh, I actually I think that his, some of his like comebacks, I saw him run a couple really nice digs. I think some of his intermediate routes are, are better than I expected. I didn't know if he was just a vertical guy. So he's been a pleasant surprise. You know, uh, I think Jalil Farouk's just got to continue to get better catching the football, right? Like, can't drop the ball. And I think that if he could be a more consistent, more fluid catcher, gosh, he'd be such a problem. Because you get the ball in his hands, he is such a problem and such a weapon. You know, at or around the line of scrimmage, when they'd get him the football, his yards after after catch were crazy. Um, but the problem was we saw last year, there's too many times where he's putting the ball on the ground. So, and I know that that's been a big point of emphasis here this spring. I've seen times where he's caught the ball. Well, I've seen times where he needs to keep getting better in that spot. Um, you know, Jaden Gibson, I thought he had not one, but two opportunities that first fourth down. I'm not saying it was the greatest throw ever by Dylan. He's moving to his left. He's coming back across the middle. That's a ball. You got to catch though. Uh, and just kind of let it go through your hands. You want to see that get cleaned up. Obviously the last play, the two point, but it's six, five, you know, 190 pounds, like, gosh, you just got to be able to, so I think both those guys, can they develop? Can they be better catchers of the football? That needs to happen. Nick Anderson, man, he looks good in a uniform. I'm still waiting to see him consistently make plays. Um, I know they like what they see when he's out there and he's able to go. I just, I want to see it. Um, I think that, I think that this receiving group, really needs Nick Anderson and or Jaden Gibson to take that big jump from where they were a season ago to where they're going to be next season. Um, and then what six, six has popped me. was that Shelton. Um, Bunkley oh, Shelton. He's, he's, uh, he's, I think he's more of like a possession receiver. I think he's more, you know, um, handsy. Seems like he's got really good rapport, getting the ball out uh, more short middle of the field type of throws. Um, but I don't know if there's anybody that just terrifies me, Ted. Andrell Anthony could take the top off. Gavin Freeman, I'm I'm just going to prepare everybody. There's a chance that he has a big role in this offense, I believe, because he gets behind the defense. He consistently catches the football. He's been somebody on third down that has been extremely reliable, including yesterday, I believe, that was at a third down on that touchdown pass. He's done that all spring. Now, he's little. He's not a big guy. 
But I, it's not going to surprise me at all if we see Jeff Lebby try to find different ways to, to get him the football in space and utilize him to create some explosive plays with this offense. Looking at, looking at tight end, got a lot of really good stuff from Braden Willis a year ago. Glad to have Stogner back, but I, I just don't think he's, he's as versatile of a player yeah. as Willis was. Do, does tight end feel like the biggest position of need for the offense? It does to me. And that that's where I was going to say, you know, with Ted and I, you know, if we're going pass catchers, we can throw tight ends and receivers all together, but yeah, I, I do. And especially when you look at, to your point, Gabe, and it's a really good one, but Braden Willis, like he never left the field. <laughs> I mean, no. I do. I do probably log what 90 to a hundred percent of snaps per game, probably someone there. I mean, you needed him out there and it was obviously in a pass catching role as blocker, a lot of different things. And they really don't, um, they don't have a lot of uh, depth at that position. I, I do know just kind of talking with um, talking with Joe John Finley. I mean, he believes that I think he believes Blake Smith is somebody who can be a part of the rotation. Um, and he, he was a really talented tight end previously. You know, Stogner, even going back to whenever he had the uh, he had the injury before he even left, he just never returned to that. He didn't have that explosiveness, right? He's got the big frame. He, it was good to see him catch a pass there on that opening possession. But, yeah, to your point, he's not going to serve this offense in a similar role to what we saw a season ago. So, um there was how what was the other kid that I saw? Uh, Helms is the I think most eighty. Is eighty? Yeah, Daniel Fanul, yeah. basketball player. But Helms is the most interesting guy to me. Okay, right when you just see him, and he was down there on the sideline for the spring game in Jersey. In he looks, he looks like the the way you want your move tied in to look. As you say, he's lean. He's he's long and lean. Uh, he he looks like a guy that can help you in the pass game. And then you've got Llewellyn who looks more like a traditional inline wide tight end, but Helms is the intriguing guy, but we just haven't seen it. He's missed the entire spring. Right. So I, yes, it's a position of need. I know it's a room that if they could, uh, they could add to it. I'm sure they'd like to, but I, I would have to think coming out of spring Smith, Stogner, and help me on um, help me on 80s last name. Is it Fanul? Yeah, that's what Fanul? I've gone with. I, I think uh, I've, I've seen him. <laughs> I've seen him make some plays out there, move around. But yeah, I, I think it's fair to say that the tight end may not be as impactful this upcoming season in the offense. But the one thing I'll say, you haven't asked me about running back. The running back room is loaded. You know, I. I I caution myself to say it's as, as loaded since because there's been so many really good running back rooms at Oklahoma, but they love that running back room. And I don't know how you don't, you know, Javante not being there this spring, you, you love them to be there to make that jump. But Gavin Sawchuk's had a great spring catching the ball as well as running it. They, they love to match him up on linebackers and safeties. They get man to man and that's a matchup they're going to go to and try to exploit. It's really worked out getting him the ball on the, on the edges in space. The Caleb Hicks kid has been awesome. 
I mean, he's just been awesome out of out of Ditton. I don't even know if they really knew. I know DeMarco liked him coming in, but I don't know if they knew just how good he'd have a chance to be immediately. But they feel they've got four guys that they can give the football to and trust and can be real playmakers. So I would say offensively, it'd be tough to, to look at a position group that has as good a depth and frontline talent as the running back room. I think they go four deep and they feel – really good about any one of those guys they put in there yeah uh they're low they're inexperienced i guess would be the only yep. knock on that group but uh i agree i like those guys a lot um i offensive line tie into with the run game you know i think last year it felt like we got pretty much every game played out the same we we'd start off running the football well we'd go tempo as the game evolved, receivers wouldn't wouldn't be able to separate much. Um, everyone would start getting closer and closer to the line of scrimmage, play us in in really good run defenses, just uh, like single high safety, man-to-man or cover three. And we couldn't push people off the ball and and run it whenever they knew we were, we were going to. So we had to rely on tempo and stuff. Like, Where do you think we – are we going to be able to generate the run game? I guess is is what I'm asking. Whenever everyone knows it's coming. Yeah. Well, there was a third and two situation yesterday on the opening drive. It didn't work out very well. No. Um, I hope so, Ted. I I don't know. I don't want to. I don't want to come on here and lie and say yeah. I mean, I I absolutely love the offensive line coach, as do you, as does Gabe. I have the utmost belief and trust in in Coach Bedenboe. Um, but they're going to have to go do it. You know, like I like Tyler Guyton, the right tackle a lot. I think Tyler Guyton's made a real stride and improvement from where I saw him at the end of last year. He's got to consistently do it, but man, he looks incredible at right. The left tackle. You didn't see him yesterday. Cause it's going to be Walter Rouse. Walter Rouse is going to start at left tackle and he's the Stanford transfer and he's played a lot of football. I've called several of, of his games. He's a, I don't know if he's a first round pick, but he is a solid guy you can plug in. I think he's going to do a really nice job there at left. So, I, you know, I think from a tackle's perspective, they feel good. Um, you know, Andrew Rame, I, I think that, is he a road grader that just moves guys off the ball? No, but he's smart. I think he moves pretty well. And he should have a couple of guards in there. They're going to help him. I mean, you know how offensive line play is, Ted. They work, you work together as a group. Uh, and I sure hope that they're able to line up and just move people off the football. But we're going to have to go out there. We're going to have to see it. And I just think that with the kid from App State and the kid from San Diego State that was in this weekend, I know that they'd love to get them. So I think that the fact that, you know, they feel that that can really add App State kid. I think depth on the interior, and the kid from San Diego State's more of a tackle. They could play guard if you need him to, more of an edge guy. Like they'd like to have that to add depth. So you know, I think that there's probably six, seven guys they feel pretty good about. But you know how it is with offensive linemen. At times, you know they can drop like flies, and you got to be able to have nine, ten really good ones if you're not able to stay healthy. And I still think they're trying to to work and get to that point. But I thought what I saw in fall and spring camp, I was more impressed with the O-line than what I saw yesterday. So it was weird because I think a lot of people walk away from that spring game and you go, oh, 
The offensive line's terrible. The defensive line's great. And that's fine. But I don't think that was indicative of the way the entire spring played out. From my vantage point, when I was there, the offensive line, the run game, was giving the defensive line and the defense much more issue than what I saw yesterday. So I definitely saw at times this spring, the O-line do what you asked. Will they be able to do it consistently next season? I sure hope so, because much like the defensive line, as you boys know, it all goes back to the front. And when championship football teams, it's no secret that they're typically up for the Joe Moore Award, and they typically have NFL draft pick draft picks on their defensive line. We'll get you back to the interview, but first... John Vance Auto Group has been serving Oklahomans for 40 years. They're family-owned and operated, and they got nine full-service dealerships in Woodward, Miami, and Guthrie. No matter what your vehicle needs are, John Vance Auto Group has you covered. They carry domestic brands such as Ford, Lincoln, Chevy, Buick, GMC, Chrysler, Dodge, Ram, Jeep, and Wagoneer. John Vance Auto Group's goal is to give unequaled service and to exceed customers' expectations in every way which is why they have their lifetime loyalty program. And here's how it works. You buy a new or used car from them. All you have to do is get all of the manufacturer recommended maintenance done at the Vance dealership. And if something goes wrong with any of the components of your engine, transmission, drive, axle, or transfer unit, they will cover the repair costs. It's a great deal. And you can browse their entire inventory or find the John Vance dealership near you at vanceautogroup.com. And First Fidelity Bank is a full-service financial institution based in Oklahoma with tailored solutions for all your personal and business needs, checking accounts, saving accounts, home loans, and much more. They do it all. Whether it's online banking from your computer or mobile banking from your phone, everything is stress-free with FFB. Making mobile deposits, paying bills online, and moving money to different accounts could not be easier. Make your life easier and go bank with First Fidelity Bank. Visit ffb.com for more information. All right, back to the interview. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Last one, man. We'll let you get out of here. Just overall, right? I, I think all three of us would agree. Having another season like last season will not be good for our physical and mental health. <laughs> right. So how are just how are we feeling about where this team, right? Heading into 2020. Where how are we feeling about where they're at right now? I mean, look, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm like you guys. I mean, I'm going to ride or die with, with coach Venables. So I'm no doubt. I believe when they hired him, he's the right guy. And I'm going to stick with that belief. And I mean, the reality is it was a six and six team, six and seven. And there was three, if not four games, you could have easily won. Now there's a lot of people in America they can look at their schedule and say the exact same thing, right? Oklahoma's not the only one. Uh, you are what your record says you are. But if you can improve, you know, not drastically, if you can just get better in a few areas, I think most importantly, defensively, being able to pressure the quarterback without bringing added pressure, being able to get off the field on third down, I think would would pay massive dividends on what this season looks like next year. So um, I don't feel like this team is where they need to be to go compete for a national championship. 
But do I think that right now, post-spring, that Oklahoma has the components to go next year and get to Arlington and play for a Big 12 title? You're damn right I do. And that's my expectation for this team. Because regardless, uh, outside of Texas, nobody has better personnel and better players than Oklahoma does heading into next year. They're one of the only schools in this league to return their starting quarterback. There's a lot of turnover and quarterback in the Big 12 this year. There's a few teams that have it, and I think it's going to pay real dividends. So the defense, I think, is where I'm putting my eyes toward. And if we can see improvement in that area, I think this team's got a chance to get back to a place that they haven't been in a couple of years. And I think that they need to personally before they head to the SEC Remind the Big 12 who's dominated this league since it came into existence and go out the right way. But that's my expectation, Gabe. That's what I think that everybody should believe what this team and this program is capable of right now. All right. How can people hear you? What What are you down to? Five jobs? <laughs> uh, well, when, I, yeah, when I'm not uh, running kids around like an Uber driver. Uh, man, you know, you can hear me on SiriusXM. Got a morning show with Danny Cannell on uh, College Sports Radio, Channel 84, 6 to 8 Central. We flip it around, turn around. We do it for three more hours on Sirius XM Mad Dog Radio. It's Channel 82 from 11 to 2. Uh, you can always watch me on Sunday nights uh, with Griffin Communication on the Oklahoma Sports Blitz. And then obviously in the fall, I'll be traveling around calling games for ESPN and ABC. But um, you can check me out there or the next time I'm able to make my – my annual stop here on the Oklahoma breakdown you can also check me out there. Love it. Love it, man. You're the best. We always appreciate the time in episode 312 in the books, 312. Hey, how That's about a this? Lot. That's a lot. We, I, I went back and looked the first episode. All three of us did together was yep. April 24th, yep. 2020. Wow. So it's been, it's been three years, boys. Can you believe that? Crazy. I, I believe, if memory serves, it was right after the first round of the draft. Yeah. First up, dude, look at the memory on you. The title I, is for NFL first round recap or something like first. CD Lamb got drafted, and it was one of the biggest moments for one of my kids in the history of their life. Uh, <laughs> so, but yeah, that was, it's been fun, man. You guys have killed it. I'm, I mean, obviously, I think you guys are outstanding, but, uh, this podcast is it's been great, man. You guys do an awesome job and continued success. Appreciate you, man. All right. We'll have a new podcast that'll drop on Sunday. Just a reminder, you can hear Teddy from three to six on 94.7 the ref. You can hear me from two to five on Sirius XM Big 12 Radio, channel 375. Hope you all have a great rest of your week. Have an awesome weekend. And until next time, we appreciate y'all for listening. Do what you always do, Oklahoma. Take care of each other.
love you for just one more time.